And one of the things I'm surrendering to personally is this idea that COVID is ongoing. <clears throat> Despite the fact that I believe I've done my part in being vaccinated, um, it is now time to wear masks again. Don't take them down to sing. That defeats the purpose. You spit way more when you sing than any other time <laughs> in your life. And we like you to keep them on um, during the service because there are people in our community who even though vaccinated because of immune suppressing drugs, because of severe immune compromisation, aren't able to reap the benefits of immunization. And so everybody else gets vaccinated, then they'll be okay, but that's not the state of our country quite yet. So we will all cooperate in keeping our masks on. Um, okay. Okay, but you know what? I 
was a one-woman play. I'm doing it all myself, and I'm doing the very best that I can, and still I'm miserable. I wake up to find that it's not working. That no matter, for years I just thought, I just need to do it harder. I need to do it better. An A is not good enough. It needs to be an A+. Plus. A 40-hour week is not good enough. It needs to be a 60-hour week. Well, if that's not working, maybe I need to work 80 hours. That was... My unconscious thinking, that wasn't all conscious. It sounds crazy when you say it out loud, and it might even sound a little crazy to me back then, but I just wanted to work harder to make it happen. And I finally reached a place where I realized I can't do it. I was ready. I was in enough pain. I was exhausted enough. I was tired enough. I was disappointed enough disillusioned enough that I just went, okay, whatever, I surrender, I surrender. And what that meant for me was that I had to surrender my way of doing things, I had to surrender what my idea of God was, because I thought God was making all these rules, and that I just wasn't following them well enough. And I found myself following all the rules and living in a living hell. And that's what happens to a life that, that's run completely on self-will. We cannot live in this world without help. We are one. We are individualizations of the one. We are individual expressions of the one. But we are not meant to go it alone. We are part of the one heart. And we can call on that heart at any time. And when we do, everything works better. So that's what today's talk about is about. I'm doing a series this month on the 12 steps. And I'm kind of talking about steps one, two, and three. How many of you here are uh, already familiar with the 12 steps? Okay, cool. Um, they are a framework for doing your own personal growth. It's not a list of answers. It's not anybody telling you what to do. It is a framework for personal growth, which, if you follow, can transform your life. I have seen it transform the lives of many, many, many people, and it certainly transformed mine. And I found 12-step and unity at roughly the same time. So 12-step and new thought are forever sort of linked in my mind. I think they, they each help each other. But interestingly enough, I know a lot of what I call fundamentalist new thought people who say, how can you work the 12 steps? You admit you're powerless. We're not powerless. We have the power. We co-create with God. We can make our life happen. And there is some truth in that. There is some truth in that. But as with most truths that people want to argue with deeply, it's a matter of semantics and not opening our minds enough. So this First, um, this framework does more than tell us what to do. It doesn't tell us what to do. What it does is it asks the questions, helps us ask the questions of ourselves, and gives us a framework in which we come up with our own answers because this is a very new thought concept. God is already in you. You are already in God. There is nothing you can find out outside of yourself that is not already here that is not already here. And the thing that gets in our way, I was not in all of those years of trying to control every single thing. I was not expressing power. I was trying to express control. 
and control over events outside of myself, people outside of myself. And that doesn't work. Man, you can do it for a long time without admitting that it doesn't work, but once you see that it doesn't work, it's like, ah, can never really go back there again all the way. It doesn't work. So I needed to trade my control for power. So the first step reads, admitted we were powerless over fill in the blank. For me, people, places, things, relationships, circumstances. It started with Alcoholics Anonymous, and people admitted we are powerless over alcohol. And in my having grown up in an alcoholic home and being virtually surrounded on all sides by alcoholics for most of my life, <laughs> um, I had to admit I was powerless over alcohol. I thought if I just did everything right, I could make him and her and him and him and her stop drinking. That it must have been something I was doing wrong. How ridiculous is that? I thought it was about me. <laughs> it never was. It never was, but it took me giving up control in order to see that. So if the word powerless doesn't work for you, simply substitute admitted I had no control over fill in the blank. That our lives had become unmanageable. We have no power over other people, governments, institutions, dogs, cats, weather, train schedules, traffic. The list goes on in COVID. Government. I said that already, I'll say it again. Doesn't mean we're helpless. It means we don't have control over it. And the good news is, and it says this in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, there is one who has all power, that is God, May you find him now. Oops, use the word him. This was written in 1935 by white men. As with so many things that are written by white men, it has a certain language that can be found offensive to us in later days. God is not a him. God is not a her. God is closest to an it, I would say. And yet, our language doesn't really have a word for it. So when I translate it in my head, I just say, admit it, <clears throat> there is one power, one who has all power, that is God. May you find God now. May you find that now. May you find it now. May you find the one power now. Whatever. We are powerless, but we're not helpless. Or we actually do have power, but we have power to the extent that we choose to use this spiritual power that was given to us at birth, but which we almost immediately start ignoring in favor of the limited physical power that we have and mental power that we have to force things to happen. So what I believe is that God is in you and people in New Thought have an even better uh, chance of really getting the 12 steps because they realize I'm not surrendering to some um, some frivolous, ambivalent, um, you know, what changes, changeable. I like you today, but not, not tomorrow. I like you now. You get the good stuff. You, you're going to hell. That's not the power we surrender to. We surrender to that one power that is in and through and as everyone and everything in this world. When we talk about oneness in here, we are talking about creator and creation as one. 
We are all a living organism together. And so when we surrender, it's the way I like to think of it is, I am, if I were a wave in the ocean, if I'm a wave, there's nothing that's ocean that is not me. I'm fully ocean. But am I the whole ocean? No, I am not. If I want the power of the whole ocean, then it is mine to have. It is part of me. It is who I am. But I have to stop, like, being my little wave and going, no, I'm going to do it myself. You know? A few bubbles against the shore. Nothing. But all the waves of the ocean against the shore completely change the shoreline. That's how it works. So God is in you. We don't have to surrender to anything outside ourselves. And it's scary to surrender to something outside yourself, but you don't have to. You surrender to this that is in you, that knows, that knows the truth, that understands the reality of love. And when we, when we surrender to that, we make room for grace. Grace means goodness working in our lives without our having to earn it or direct it or decide how it is used. It is allowing the goodness to flow through us. So we put our I need mine aside. That's what we step aside. I need mine. If I don't get it, somebody else is going to get it. If they get it, it's not mine anymore. We surrender that. We step aside from that and go, wait a minute. Who am I? I am this one love. And from that one love, I can surrender all my little ego, all my little thoughts of, I'm so scared. I can go, you know what? I know you are. I know you are, Melinda. Ooh. So there's an I that's not the Melinda that I'm talking to, right? I know you are. Because you have been, you're, you're in this human incarnation, and it feels finite, and it feels pain, and it feels scary. But I know, I know your spirit, but I know something deeper than that. That there is a part of you that was never born and will never die. It is not subject to the things that happen in our human life. And therefore, can come into our human life and heal any of those things that have happened or are happening. Ooh, I can surrender to that. I can learn how to fulfill my needs from within. I can stop pushing and pulling them to make me okay. Well, if they just all did right, I would be okay. I know that's where we are with COVID. I'm, I have it myself. I'm like, if everybody had just done what they were supposed to do, we wouldn't be in this place. You know what? I can't make people do what I want them to do. And I'm not the arbiter of supposed to. Believe it or not, I'd like to be. I'm not the arbiter of supposed to. All I can do is say, this is where we are right now. What is mine to do? Is it mine to send out more negativity so that the people who I think aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing dig in even deeper to their positions? Or is it mine to love everybody no matter what? Yes. You beautiful child of God, you. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. That is what surrendering to grace. And you know what that does? That makes this tight, angry place inside me loosen. 
When I allow the love to flow through, here's the thing. If you love anything, it is the love of God flowing through you. So you can't love anything without being covered with love yourself. Think about that. You never lose by loving. You just get more love. You just get more love. So we surrender to that. Our life is unmanageable when we focus on other people. We can't manage ourselves. We think we can't manage ourselves. We're not managing our lives because we think that the way to manage our lives is to make everything out here line up so that what we're doing fits in with it. And that's not the way. So the second step comes right after the first. Came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. A power greater than our little human selves. Not a power greater than our higher selves. That is the higher power. And personally, I believe that God is imminent and transcendent. God is definitely right here in me and bigger than what I am. Bigger than what I can conceive. So I have all that power at my disposal, but I have to know it. We don't have a choice until we're aware that we have a choice. And so we decide there is something greater. There is something. You don't even have to know what it is. What I think is necessary to know in order to start turning ourselves over to that, in order to trust that that might possibly change us, come to believe the way that we can come to believe that that power could restore us, is that we have to know that it's safe and it's worthy. It's safe to surrender to and it's worthy to surrender to. So what I have to do in that process, and this is where this step leads, is I need to determine fully in myself what God is and is not. And here's my guideline. Always has been. I think I told you this the first sermon I ever preached to you. Anything you read, anything you say, anything you hear that has the word God in it, if you cannot just substitute the word love across the board and have it make perfect sense, then that's not God. I don't care who wrote it. I don't care what book it's in. God is love. So if you hear somebody say, well, God hates those people. Well, God, love hates the, that doesn't even make any sense. Love can't hate because love is love. Okay, then that's not true. I don't have to fight against it. I have to go, none of my business. I know the truth. Sorry for you people that don't. I pray that you find the truth. I pray that you find enough love to realize that hate is not a weapon that actually works in the end. So we decide, yes, this got love. If it's love, it's safe. It's the best thing that can happen. It's worth surrendering to. If I know that I'm surrendering to love, even if I don't know what that looks like, I can begin to let go. I can begin to step aside. I can begin to stop trying to control the uncontrollable. And if you want to know what you believe, this is hard. If you want to know what you believe, watch your own actions. Because if you say you believe in love and you speak hatred and you act in hate, then you do not really believe in love. Perhaps you want to believe in love. If you believe in kindness, but you are unkind, 
then you don't really believe in kindness. Maybe you want to or you feel you should. So take a look at the facts of what you really believe in. Because guess what? You can change your belief. You can choose. You can say, obviously I believe in fear because I have run my life on what I am most afraid of. On fighting against what I am most afraid of. And there's another choice. I can begin to learn. It's a process, y'all. Be can begin to learn to run my life on what love looks like rather than what fear tells me. I can just listen to love rather than listening to fear. That's, of course, miracles. That's Jesus. That's Buddha. That's every great book and master that has ever spoken. It's about love. It's not about hate. So who is your God? What we find a lot of times when we come into Al-Anon, which is a group for people who are uh, friends and family of alcoholics, but there's, you know, you can use the 12 steps on anything. You can use it on your daughter. You can use it on your dog, you can use it on smoking, you can use it on eating, anything that you are addicted to. And as an Alamon, I was addicted to people. I made the people in my life my God. If I can do everything right and please him, then I can have a happy marriage. <coughs> and if I'm unhappy and he's a you-know-what, then I'm not doing something right. Because if I admit it, that it was beyond my control, that was too terrifying to contemplate. So I just thought, I just need to work harder at it. It doesn't work. It doesn't work, but when I finally let go of, it's not under my control. So why do I, I want to believe, I, I believe in love. And what is the loving thing to do? Not for everybody else, but for myself. When abuse is coming at me, I can't change it if it's coming from them. But I can move out the way. I can get out of the way. I can leave the room. I can leave the conversation. I can leave the room. I can leave the house. I can leave the country. I can leave the relationship. Whatever is needed. And the cool thing is, I don't have to decide all at once what's needed. I can keep asking the question, okay, love, what do I do now? What does love want now? What does love need now? What would love do in this moment and in every moment? Because one definition, this is another thing that I think a lot of new people, uh, new thought people have a hard problem with, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Are you saying I'm insane? Uh-huh. One definition of insanity, yeah, thank you. Thank you, Bill. You're right. Is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. How long have you gone, well, I did that, didn't work, I'll do it again. I'll do it harder. I'll do it faster. I'll do it better. I'll do it more completely. I'll do it in blue. I'll do it in red. <laughs> when that's, that's insanity. That's insanity. If you go to the hardware store and you want a loaf of bread, you will never, ever find it there. <laughs> you can go with a credit card. You won't get bread. You can go with cash. You can't get bread. You can try to steal it. You won't get bread. If you want bread, you have to go somewhere other than the hardware store. You have to go to the bread store, to the grocery store. We knock our heads against the same wall that doesn't work. When if we just stood aside, the divine ideas of love would come through us. It's because we're beating our head on that wall that we don't hear the voice that's already saying, go 
grocery store. <laughs> if you're here, buy a screwdriver and leave. Because you can't get a screwdriver in the hardware store. It's not the hardware store that's bad. It's my decision to try to get something from it that is not for me, that they don't have that's bad. So when I go to a person in a relationship and I try to get them to give something to me that I think I need, that they don't have to give or don't want to give, who's doing the damage there? It's me. It's my responsibility to see what do I need. And if this person can't or won't give it to me, I bless you. I hope you find what you can give to, and I will go and find what is there for me. And we'll start going to the grocery store to look for my bread. Step three is made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood God. As we understood God. That's what actually made me able to go to unity from a fundamentalist background. An Al-Anon meeting said, I get to decide how I understand God. That right there, that was a chink. That was, that was the, the little hole in the dike that spread and spread and spread and spread and spread until it finally just crashed. I get to decide. And if I decide, by golly, I'm going to decide that God is love. And that can change. My concept of God has changed and changed and changed and changed because I am evolving. So why, if I am the spirit of God in a body, why wouldn't, why wouldn't God evolve? along with me, or at least my understanding of God. I used to think that God was, you know, my first step was to go, it's a benevolent being. So that's good. Instead of hating me, it loves me. Instead of waiting for me to make a mistake so it can send me to hell, it actually is, you know, on my side. Wants me to do well. Will give me some support in that. That was enough for me to get started. These days, I don't necessarily believe there is a being in God, there is an energy of love that flows through everything. And since it's love, it's more powerful than anything else. And since it's love, it can't do me wrong. Doesn't mean I won't go through some painful experiences in this life, but it means that through love I will come through them. And I will learn more about myself and about God and about love and about the world through the process of coming through. So when I make a decision to turn my will and my life over to this God, I release and I let go. I let the Spirit run my life. To you, I am a child of the living God. To you, my God, I surrender. Not the dead God that somebody wrote in a book long ago and people are still trying to quote. The living God who is present in every one of our lives today is not only present but is presence. And so we get to drop our control for power. We let go of control and we obtain power, the power of love, the higher love. There must be a higher love. Well, there is. And here's the thing. As we surrender to this higher power, we become more powerful than ever because we now channel an endless source of power rather than using ourselves up trying to enforce or control what the smallest, scariest part of us, our ego, thinks it wants. Instead, we open up to the biggest, largest, most open, most loving part of ourselves, and we say, you take the lead. And 
there's no way from that point, it takes courage. It takes courage to change what I can. What I can change in these first three steps is my belief that I can control anything outside of myself and my belief in how God works. And I can decide to let God be God in my life, in me. And then I have the whole, the whole of love at my disposal. Thank you. So let's just take a moment. I've talked a little bit long, so we'll do a short meditation. But just get comfortable in your chair. Whatever you need to do so that your body doesn't take your mind. Breathe. Feel the sensations of breath as it enters and leaves your body. There's a place that is uncomfortable that hurts. Now when you're physically breathing into it. And see each breath. As receiving love, receiving life, and then releasing it. Breathing in love, releasing love out into the world. Breathing in love, allowing it to clear everything unlike itself. receive it and I give it. 
trust when I let love lead the way, the next step will be revealed. I don't have to figure it out. I simply allow myself to be open to love and to release everything that is Thank you. 